We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the uncontested post-game show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the evening, J.D. Silva, joined by a singular fella that I've never done a post-game show with, Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. Uh, Justin, it's great to have you here for our first post-game show. (laughs) Here's the thing. You and I, known for covering losses, brutal losses during the rebuild era. So did we summon something? I think our combined forces were too much. No matter how well this Thunder team was playing, it was too much to handle, and we're paying the price for it. We brought a dark energy to the franchise by doing this episode. Not great. We're going to get in and out of here and (laughs) move on. I remember (laughs) last year when Justin only covered wins. Smoot? What you don't know is it was probably 1920 era. I like exclusively covered losses. And then I magically passed that baton to Silva. Yeah. We got to cover the losses as of late. And then tonight we, um, we summoned some demons. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. (laughs) Uh, Before we uh, digest this game and uh, pass it through our bowels before our Sunday show, uh, (laughs) be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, leave us a five-star rating if you haven't done so already. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, etc. Um, uh, let's get into this game, Justin, against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, this follows up a loss to the Atlanta Hawks, where the Thunder started out very slow and sluggish, understandably, because they played Boston the, the night before, didn't get into Atlanta until really late. So it was totally justified that they were look they looked tired, they played tired. That's how it was. What if I told you that that exact same thing happened on this evening? The exact same thing. The Thunder, uh, this final score of 124 to 115, looks a lot nicer than the game actually was for three and a half quarters. They uh, essentially were asleep for more than three quarters of this game, Justin. 
What did the lead get up to? Was that 32? It did. 32. Yeah, they believe it was 32. I was considering, like, after I got above 30, I went to my freezer and got out the Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> That's a good call. I, I myself was uh, eating my child's leftover ice cream from dinner, um, <laughs> followed up by some tortilla chips. So a very well-rounded meal on my end as yeah. well. Not great. This game was hideous. Like, if you had told me the Thunder got in to Brooklyn at 4 a.m. this morning, I would have believed you. But unfortunately, they don't have that excuse this time. I think the flatness against Atlanta, not expected, but like a Sega Baba with travel, especially after an emotional win over the Celtics for one of the youngest teams in the NBA, you can justify that. Tonight is a lot harder to justify. The Thunder... Yes, they're on a road trip, but like normal travel, normal day, should be in rhythm, not like a weird start time. You're not playing in altitude. Like there's no kind of crutches that you can lean on for the Thunder's performance tonight. They just came out flat and looked mostly uninterested for 85% of this game. And like you said, much like Atlanta, they turned it on late and you know, kudos to them for showing some life, mostly J-Dub, like fourth quarter yeah. J-Dub. Again, phenomenal. But that's not enough. And maybe this serves as a wake-up call. Like, I'm not trying to sound alarms over mm-hmm. a two-game stretch. Every team, every team goes through some sort of funk. And up to this point on the season, the Thunder had done a really good job of not losing to the crappy teams. Right? Like, Getting your butt kicked by Sacramento and Sacramento, getting your butt kicked by the Nuggets at home. Those are understandable. Those are great teams. They've done a good job of not losing stinkers until this week. And while I don't want to overreact to that two game stretch, maybe this serves as a learning opportunity for this young team that on a road trip, playing a team you should beat, you can't take your foot off the gas because. They're coming for you. The Thunder are at the point now where they should be getting every team's best shot on any given night. And I think maybe they got to experience some of that and hopefully learn from it, albeit the hard way after these two games. Yeah, in in my very short outline for this episode, I have, do the Thunder have too much dip on their chip? Uh, (laughs) They were a part of, uh, I feel like every NBA team probably heard the 12 podcast segments of your favorite national media podcast. Talk about <laughs> the Thunder being title contenders. Yes. Um, the Thunder. Including yours truly. Oh, yeah. I consumed it all. It was great. I still have more to go, I'm sure. But <laughs> like the, the Thunder, there's no way. And we've talked about uh, Dagnall, Presney, talk about distractions, good and bad. Before this, it's been a lot of like bad in previous years. Like, oh, they need to trade Shea. They need to do XYZ. They're the yep. Black NBA. Yeah. And it's we've swung in the opposite direction. And I think that it's it'd be hard to not be affected by all of the praise and all of the winning. Like they they've been insane. And they're they've been the second youngest team in the NBA. I'd I'd find it hard to believe that at some point that would not, I don't know, shake your focus a bit mentally. And I saw mental errors tonight in addition to them looking a bit tired. Uh, totally. And I think that, you know, whether conscious or unconscious, like, I don't know that anybody on this team would admit that that's what's going on. And they may not even think that's what's going on legitimately. But I, I agree with you. I think it, it's hard to say that 
that had no effect. I think they came into this game and maybe against Atlanta, but again, maybe Atlanta, you do have some more like justification because of the travel schedule tonight. They're playing Brooklyn. Brooklyn sucks. They've been on a losing streak. They've been playing very poorly and they came in and probably thought I, you know, I can bring 80% effort and walk out of here with a win again, probably not a conscious thought, but it's like, think about it at your job or what, whatever you do in life. There are times where it's like, oh, you know, I got this. You know, I can I can mail this one in. Money mm-hmm. in the bank. Myself, uh, cooking dinner last night. <laughs> Recipe I've made dozens of times. Uh, my wife had my daughter at gymnastics. I'm cooking dinner. Guess who took the pan out of the oven and then immediately grabbed the handle? <laughs> Those are inexcusable mistakes, JD. <laughs> but you know what it was? You're I feeling was sleepwalking. Yourself. I thought I had it in the bag. Yep. I thought I knew what I was doing. But when you when you forget what you're doing, you grab a pan handle that's been in a 450-degree oven, and that's what the Thunder did tonight against the Nets. <laughs> they thought, and trust me, it still hurts. Yeah. They, they <laughs> thought that they had it on lockdown, I think. And, and you saw it in, I think effort is where it comes through, right? You think that you can sleepwalk through it, and you don't crash the boards. You think you can sleepwalk through it and you don't try to push for the best shot and settle for threes. And I think when I watched the game tonight, those were two big things that stood out to me early on. The thunder were settling for three pointers and making exactly none of them until about halfway through the second quarter. And that that's, that's lethargic basketball. It was. That's, I don't want to drive the paint. I don't want to make the extra pass. I don't want to cut. I don't want to screen. I want to take the three because I'm pretty open and then I don't have to run as much. And we're the best three-point shooting team in the NBA right now. And we're the best. Right. I could just keep taking them. On the other side of the floor, if you are not crashing the boards aggressively, which has been an issue for this team, but like an issue that they've kind of mitigated. With effort. Brooklyn, Brooklyn does what they did tonight where they missed 50 shots and they got 20 offensive rebounds. <laughs> it's seven to 20 offensive rebounds, 51 to 36 rebounds. And how many second chance points for Brooklyn off those 20 offensive rebounds? 36. I want to say it's told there'd be no math. <laughs> <laughs> well played. It's, it's not great. No. And I think that that's the story of the game. It's effort on both ends of the floor was lacking for the Thunder, and that's the little things. And the little things have kind of been what have made the Thunder great this year. Yeah. So when you're not doing them, that's how you can lose to a team like the Brooklyn Nets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I really didn't recognize the team for the first three quarters. I was like, Who, what, what team am I watching? Because they're so used to the dri- relentless driving, drive, 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 kick, 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 swing, swing, swing. Yep. And it was like a third of what we usually see, if not less than that. Yeah. And I mean, thank goodness J-Dub was there in the fourth quarter, like he has been recently to just, I don't know, give an electric charge to the team and just his play style, I think really yields to doing things like that. out of nowhere, especially in the fourth, just using like physicality and intensity that other guys might not have naturally. Um, So he's really, it's like the whole thunder and lightning thing with he and SGA. It's really fun. I love it. That was great because this would have been, I mean, we were talking in our group in our group chat. Like, is this the worst loss of the season? That's that's right. what it looks like being down yeah. thirty two, and giving up. It was the the defense. They gave up what a forty, nearly forty in the first quarter. Yeah, um, thirty nine, and then thirty six to start the game. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And their defense has been awesome too. And and that was just lacking everything. And you'll go if you didn't watch this game. You can go check the box score and the starters lines all look pretty dang good. I mean, Chet eight of yeah. 15, 17 points. Uh, J-Dub, who I think was actually good. Um, was he the only starter that was a positive, had a positive net rating? He is. 20, uh, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 8 of 11. Uh, he was a plus 3. Uh, no one else outside of Isaiah Joe uh, or or Mietzic. This was the They were part of the lineup that actually brought the team back to life Yeah. Uh, late in the fourth. So that's he, interesting. He gave good minutes. Yeah. Um, SGA 34 points on 11 of 19. Uh, the free throws for SGA was like a huge indication of the the mental aspect missing because he what yep. is he a 91 percent free throw shooter? Yep. Uh, missed five tonight on and one should be missed both. I think I was just I've like never seen that not in a long time. Yep. Uh, it's it's tough and the the bench did not contribute for the majority of the game. I think the bench ended up with 19 points yeah 19 points but for the large majority it felt like there was no contributions on that end yep yeah if you if you want to look for a positive fourth quarter j-dub is definitely a positive uh has been for a while i think it was nick that tweeted that j-dub has more points in the fourth quarter this season than shay which is pretty incredible for his clutch as we talk about shay being like that's that's big time but that again, it all it all goes back to that that first half. The Thunder were settling. Um, I'm looking at the shot chart right now. In the first quarter, the Thunder did not make a single basket outside the paint. That's so unlike them. That's, That's so awful. unlike them. Yeah. And in the second quarter, they made two. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And you can you you can see that change in the third and fourth quarters. They start hitting more shots. They also started attacking the paint more. The number of empty circles around the perimeter in the first two quarters <laughs> compared to um, they took 
one, two, three, six threes in the fourth quarter is all. Everything else is in the paint. The first quarter is like almost the inverse of that. And that shows like, again, that's when things started turning around. They started playing their style of basketball. And unfortunately, they they dug themselves too, too much of a hole. But the problem is, like as much as I can stare at these shot charts and complain about their shooting, they shot 53.6% from the floor. That's yeah. not bad. Mm-mm. What is bad is 29% from three <laughs> and 66% from the free throw line. That is the, so bad. The Nets also, like, they didn't shoot the lights out. They shot Mm-mm. better than they have. And 45% from the field. I didn't realize it was that bad. for the- 45% from the field. So, like, it really, like, it all comes back to the hustle stats. Yeah. And that's that makes it harder. Like, you have a bad shooting night. The other team's on fire. You can live with that. But that isn't really an accurate depiction of this game. No. No. The good news is, I think that's fixable. We, we've we seen it in, like, small segments of the season, right? How much we talked about rebounding the first month of the season, how much we've talked about it lately. Like, they can fix that. You said it earlier. It happens, it happens with effort. If they don't have that stone-cold, like, Stephen Adams presence that's going to gobble up every rebound, then you can fix that with a team effort. Tonight, the, the effort wasn't there. It was on the Brooklyn side of the ball. And that's why you can shoot 45% and still win a game like this because you you only have to shoot 50% when you get your own offensive rebound every time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I guess we can kind of look ahead a bit. Uh, you said it earlier in this, but I think I'm okay with these two losses as, as a wake-up call. You know, it's almost worse if a team is just flying high on their own supply and never messing up. If the Thunder had won, rattled off so many in a row and then like, when they finally hit a block like this later in the season, it was harder to recover from. So I'm kind of glad it happened now. I think a healthy test is one, they've played three, three games in three nights, four nights, something along those lines. Four. Yep. Yeah. So that's tough. So they get the weekend off three games in three nights would be insane. That would be insane. <laughs> the, the... <laughs> Didn't they do that in the COVID year? They had this like compress the schedule. Anyway, I think they I'm may taking have taking us off track. Well, what would that if a Sega Baba is what would that be called? Sega Baba Ba. Trega Baba Ba? Trega Baba? Ooh. <laughs> uh they get a uh nice little game on Monday against the Wizards, yeah. I believe. Yes. That's nice. That the, is it should be and it should be an opportunity for them to show they've learned, right? Yeah. You can deal with failure as long as you learn from it. Mm-hmm. failure that you don't learn from is just failure. Yeah. If they come out and give up 35 plus points to the wizards in the first quarter, that's unacceptable based on these last two games. If I, if I have to see Denny Avdia, who I'm reminded of with our guy, Jacob in the chat, if I have to see <laughs> Denny Avdia light us up on Monday, Corey Kispert light us up on Monday and lose. I'll be in Corey a dark place. Kispert. I'll be in a dark place. And speaking of a dark place, our guy Jacob Niffin in the in the comments says, if they lose on Monday, can I play Russian roulette live on the show? <laughs> you know I what? That's frowned upon in that's YouTube's upon. content policy. <laughs> um they they have to come out and dismantle the wizards. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. If they don't, then we start asking some serious questions. Yeah. I, like I said, you can excuse Atlanta. Tonight is inexcusable, but you have to you have to take that opportunity and learn from it. And this team, I think they they've shown that ability throughout the season, especially these young guys. Like I know we've talked about it before, but like look at look at Chet, how much he changed from like his first matchup with Jokic to his second and third. Totally changed the way he approached that matchup. This is an opportunity for him, but not just him, to evaluate how he prepared for this game, to evaluate how he approached the beginning of the game, because we can't we can't do again what we saw from this Thunder team tonight. And I think it it is nice that the Wizards are next and not like some other contender. Um, not yeah, I mean they play Miami next. Like if if those were flipped, exactly. Yes. They get a chance to reset and right the wrongs against Washington before they have to go to Miami to close out this road trip. And I think it's an, it's an opportunity. It's a young team. Um, I think it's, like I said, you're, you're not sounding the alarm bells yet. It's also nice, to your point, they played three games in four nights. They got Saturday and Sunday off before that Monday night tip. So that gives you a little bit of a chance to, you know, Get to Washington, D.C., maybe put your feet up. Visit a Smithsonian. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> know your know history, what, folks. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what they do. Um, but if you, uh, you want to get, uh, get tested on hustle stats, uh, Miami is a pretty good team to play for that. Yeah. And then, and then you go to Miami, and then you have an, right, like another real test to kind of showcase, like get your reset against Washington, and then go into Miami and prove again – that you're that team. And and yeah. that's the thing, right? Like the Thunder have been so good about contending with the contenders, not winning every game, but like being, being in it mm-hmm. and not losing to the crappy teams. That's what great teams do. The Thunder have done that all year. They've now lost to two kind of crappy teams. Yeah. If that, that becomes like a habit, then, then you're in trouble. Then you're like, we we've seen these teams before. Um, we saw the Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony Thunder teams have a really hard time with that where you're just not locked in on every occasion. And I I would love for this team to, to get back to, to taking those opportunities seriously and beating the teams you're supposed to beat, because those, those are opportunities to climb the standings and make some headway. Cause you're not going to beat Miami every time you play them. You're not going to beat Denver every time you play them or Boston or show up for the four quarters and, you know, let it happen as it's going to. I do think, I do think fatigue is is becoming an actual thing for Chet. Uh, like his shots are just short. Yep. I'm noticing that more. And that brings me to another comment from our guy Jacob. 
in in our YouTube live stream. He says, last two games make you guys rethink anything as far as trades slash getting another pick. What? You have any? I, no. I I kind of want them to make, I said it on Sunday's show, I want them to trade for a a big, but yeah, not like a fringe big, not like a starter by any means, like an Olenek or something. <laughs> but I'm not like I, well, I pounding not the drum for Olenek trade. <laughs> you don't want uh <laughs> we lost JRE's goatee. We're getting no Linux. No, goatee. no. <laughs> He's a little nasty. If JRE had the Godsmack goatee, Kelly Olenek has <laughs> the vintage stock goatee. <laughs> oh my god. He does look like a vintage stock customer. Average vintage <gasps> stock customer. Speaking uh, of speaking of uh <laughs> just nasty stuff. Oh uh, so, please go on. <laughs> uh my girlfriend's become a fan this season. Like, and she's trying to discuss sports. And it's kind of funny seeing her, who's never been into sports, try and discuss it. So she's like, she's like, what's, what's Dort's nickname? He like does people dirty a lot. Does like, do they ever call him Dirty Dort? (laughs) They do now. They do now. Dirty Dort. Dirty Dort is is now, I'm going to get, my life's goal is to get that listed on um, basketball reference. Basketball reference. Why did they call him Dirty Dort? Well, if you go to the uncontested on January fifth oh of twenty twenty four, oh York. boy, yeah. I, I I don't think this again. I think if you're if you're starting to think about trading or changing your roster building philosophy based off these two games, that you're probably making a mistake. Yeah, I do think the fatigue is a factor, and I think we're going to get to see the real test of that this month where the Thunder have a jam-packed schedule. They have lots of back-to-backs, and they have some some significant road trips. I think this young team, like outside of Shea and Dort, who have done this for a while, you have J-Dub in his second year. You have Chet in his first real year. You have Mitzic, who's only ever played Euroball. Like, you have Kaysen. a lot. Kaysen, who's never who's never played a season like this before, too. Like, we're at the point now, like take Kaysen, for example. He's coming off a college season where he played like 30 games. Yeah. We're at that mark. He's yeah. he's his body's in the off season, right? I had a, he hit a three off the side of the backboard. Tonight, so. <laughs> <laughs> who, who among us hasn't done that? Yeah. Um, it's one of us. But like that's post-March Madness, like off season time yeah. for a college player. And half of these guys are essentially college players. So like that's going to start to be a real factor. And I think that that, that's going to be something to monitor again of like knowing that you're going to be fatigued. You you have to adjust your play to compensate for that. If you think you can come out and play in game 50 with the freshness of game 10, you're probably going to have a rude awakening. And I think for this young team, that's going to be another adjustment that they have to work through. And hopefully some of the, it's weird to say like veteran guys on this team because they're all so young, but like some of those veteran guys can kind of like help lead through that a little bit. And I think for these younger guys, you hope that they, they can hold up, which brings me to a point that I feel like I have to address because it's like a very dominating narrative on Thunder Twitter lately is like Mark's lineups. Oh yeah. Like y'all, if he plays the same nine people every night, they're all going to be dead by the all-star break. And, and that's a serious issue. <laughs> yeah. We're so not the bucks. You, well, we don't... You, right. You have to change it up. You have to play Mitzich. You have to play, uh, Lindy waters. 
you have to let certain people sit sometimes or else they're not going to make it through this long of a season. And I, and I think that that's, that's something that gets lost. Like this isn't, this isn't 2k where you pick your best lineups and go run it the whole season. You've got to mix it up. And so we're at the point now where like Mark used to be known for that for like purely roster exploration purposes. And while I think there's still some of that going on, I don't think that's the predominant reason why some of these guys are getting minutes. They're getting minutes to keep things fresh, to try out new things, to experiment with new schemes and to get fresh legs. And I think as they go through January, you're going to see more of that, not less. And I hope that overall, like people understand the dynamic that it's play that's at play. It's not just, why doesn't he play insert player name here more? Why is he playing Lindy Waters? That's how I imagine that person sounds too. That was my Burton shouldn't be out there. (laughs) Yeah. I also think there's a mental advantage. (laughs) That that almost sounded Latvian laser. You nailed it. That was pretty close. Almost almost like you said that originally. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I also think that the, that, Mark values the mental benefits of playing everyone except our guy Poku playing everyone and Trey so that they are engaged and feel like they're a part of the team. I think it probably keeps the spirits higher in general. Maybe that's some just nonsense, but I think there is some of that plays a role. Also, it keeps everyone engaged. feels like they're contributing, especially in the doldrums of the season when you need them to play, like you said. I think too that you never know when you're going to need these guys. Like, knock on some serious wood. Serious wood is a weird <laughs> combination of words. I apologize to everyone, but he needs to do some six nine things. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> anyway, the the Thunder haven't had you know a significant injury this year. It could happen, and if that happens, is that the time? that you want to be working out some of those guys on the bench and, and putting them into a new role, like at that moment, or would you rather than be like somewhat comfortable if that moment happens? <laughs> I apologize for my phrasing, but like, again, not only morale, but also like just preparedness. What if that, what if that comes in the either, you know, the stretch run of the season or in the playoffs, somebody goes down, Lou Dort goes down, misses two games and you've got to plug somebody in, in a time where you've really got to get a win. Is that the time that you want to be, you know, trying somebody out or do you want to do it now so that they can jump in and be ready? And I think that's looking at the big picture of things too, I think is, is helpful. Not just looking at one game sample sizes. Yeah. uh, I am not mentally prepared for a serious injury to occur. I think that would just fry my nervous system. Now that I said it, everyone can pull this clip (laughs) if it happens. Yeah. Every, I'm like, I do, I I do reflect on the team every once in a while. I'm like, I'm enjoying this season so much. It's a blast. So much. Please, let's just stay relatively healthy. That would be great. (laughs) Agreed. Um, anything else, Justin, before we No, we talked much more than I thought we would be talking about this game before the comeback. This was going to be, I don't know if everybody remembers this, but, uh, during one of my worst losing appearances on the pod, horrible game. Thunder should not have lost. I came on and said, you know what? There's really nothing to say about this. It was a terrible loss. They shouldn't have lost. And then I played the outro. (laughs) 
just wrap after like a minute and a half. Yeah. And then I came back on and was like, I'm just kidding. I'll do a whole pod. I was very close in like the middle of the third quarter to messaging you and saying we should do that again. Oh, I was I was beginning to check out <laughs> for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, they made it somewhat of a game. And now we can all regroup God for the show it. on Sunday and then talk about a uh, win on Monday, hopefully. Hopefully. We'll hopefully. Let's get the heck out of here for now, though. Uh, Justin, thanks for joining me. Everyone in the chat, thank you for uh, joining the live stream, asking us questions. Uh, our guy Jacob showed up. It's great. Made some had some discussions about uh serious wood which is interesting serious blacks uh second cousin <laughs> i think serious wood oh uh we will see you all on sunday today's friday i get you know who knows it's new year maybe the days are different now we'll see you all on sunday at the usual time um but until then and as always adios and thunder up This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.